Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. You know who was not in a zone last night? LeBron James. Absolutely atrocious performance from the King. This, my friends, was one of those NBA games where you sit back and say, man, this did not make sense. As much as you might want to sit around and say the NBA playoffs have been utterly predictable, this was a totally unpredictable result, particularly if you're watching this game. The Cavs are up 21 points in the second half as a 17-point favorite against the Isaiah Thomas-less Boston Celtics, a team that they beat by 40 on Friday night, 40-plus. That game was not even close on the road in the Garden. And then something wild happened. If you were sitting around like me, expecting that the Cavs would win game three tonight and then close it out with another win on Tuesday, tomorrow, and that would be a sweep, and expecting that we would get a sweep of the Warriors-Spurs game four tonight, then you're right. You're like most of us, and as we pointed out on the weekend as we came in, that would be nine days, nine days to sit around and wait and see what the outcome was going to be. Nine days between now and the NBA Finals. If you are a member of the NBA Illuminati, if you are a believer that the NBA is pretty much akin with WWE as one of those leagues where strange things just seem to happen that benefit the league, then suddenly the Cavs 
out of nowhere, blowing a 21-point home second-half lead to allow the Eastern Conference Finals to extend now until, you know, let's be honest, at least Thursday morning we'll be talking about it. That's a week off instead of nine days off. And maybe, maybe if you want to put your Illuminati shades on, maybe the Celtics could even come back and win game five, which will be played in Boston on, what day am I talking about here? On Thursday? We'll be talking about it on Friday. Maybe they push it into the weekend, come Saturday. Suddenly Adam Silver's nine-day layoff doesn't look so long then, right? Then you got a game going on into the weekend. Conspiracy theory, if you want to sound the alarm, again, we got a Tuesday game, which is not going to be a, uh, setting the stage for a 24-0 matchup, 12-0 against 12-0. We got a Thursday game in the Garden where maybe Boston could put things together and force it back for a game six. I don't think anybody out there listening right now actually believes that the Celtics could win this series, but could they extend it so we get less of a substantial gap? That certainly looks like it. So at a minimum, Adam Silver needs to be thanking Brad Stevens for his team not quitting and finding a way to come surging back. On top of that, everybody out there wants to argue Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. We got people at FS1, literally their entire career is predicated on analyzing every single LeBron James performance within the context of how it compares to Michael Jordan. Let me just ask you these questions. Let me put on my FS1, I have a television show spectacles, and go ahead and ask this question. Anyway at all, Michael Jordan is blowing a 21-point second-half lead as a 17-point favorite against this Celtics team. Anyway, Michael Jordan's going for 11 points. Turning the ball over six times, four of 13 from the field, absolutely disappearing. LeBron James is not perfect every night. He's going to have a bad game every now and then, but that was an atrocious performance from LeBron James. Absolutely atrocious, indefensible kind of performance from LeBron James. He looked like a 32-year-old basketball player last night. He has not looked like a 32-year-old basketball player before now. This looked like the Cleveland Cavaliers team that we saw in the regular season. Same one that blew a 26-point home lead against the Atlanta Hawks and then decided to go ahead and take the rest of the year, uh, the season off. Maybe the impact of this loss is that it just, assuming that the Warriors close out tonight against the Spurs, which I think they'll do, it's going to keep the Warriors rested. Meanwhile, the Cavs are going to have to play this game now on Tuesday And they're going to have to play on Thursday. And they're going to have to travel to Boston. And that's assuming they win it in five instead of four. I still think this is a five-game series. But it's not ideal for the Warriors to be the younger team that is up at home with their feet kicked up, sitting back watching games on television for an extra three, four days after LeBron James and co. have to go take that trip to Boston at a minimum and go back to the Garden for three games on the road instead of closing this thing at home in Cleveland. That's the truth of the matter. Um, and this is a uh, this is a situation where, again, if you're a member of the NBA Illuminati, you start to hit your, man, this is a, uh, you take the, what is it, like Morpheus back in the day, take the blue pill or the red pill, whatever colors those were. This is exactly what we're talking about when we say, man, the NBA sometimes seems very rigged. This is a game that seems very rigged. 
And LeBron James was not happy after the game. Here is audio from the erstwhile King talking about this loss to the Celtics. I had a tough game, period. Not just in the second half. Um, me personally, I didn't have it. You know, my teammates did a great job of keeping us in the game and building that lead. But me personally, I didn't have it. You know, so, I mean, that's what I got to say about my performance. For you, you said, you know, it was just your game. Couldn't get into a rhythm tonight. Is that what it was based on their defense or just not, not feeling it or what? Uh, no, it was just pretty poor. I mean, what do you want me to say? Yeah. Seemed like you only answer. You only ask questions when we lose. It's a weird thing with you, Kenny. Always come around when we lose, I swear. Yeah, okay. LeBron taking issue. I mean, look, they had won whatever it was, 10 in a row and 13 in a row in the playoffs prior to this loss. Ty Lue, the greatest postseason coach in the history of the NBA based on uh, based on this uh, based on this run. Again, I think LeBron as player coach probably deserves almost all of the credit. But to me, the big takeaway here, if you want to think in a larger context, is assuming the Warriors go ahead and eliminate the Spurs tonight, the Warriors are going to have gone 12-0 in the NBA playoffs. They were already the Vegas favorite. And now they get to fly back to to Oakland, to Golden State, to the San Francisco area, and they get to put their feet up, kick back, wait and see what's going to happen with the Cavs now having to play games on Tuesday and Thursday of this week. And that, at a minimum, is about a four-day extra rest for the Warriors. Now, maybe it's not going to matter that much. Maybe you just actually even think, you know what? The Cavs need a little bit of extra work. They haven't really played very many games. They've had a lot of time off, maybe getting an extra game is going to help them get a little bit looser as we move closer to the NBA Finals. Maybe, if you want to go conspiracy theory again, and I don't believe this at least, maybe LeBron wanted his team to get a loss. Maybe he wanted to kind of disappear in the fourth quarter like he did. He didn't score in the final 16 minutes and change in this game. He also, again, his team, biggest NBA upset in 20 years, giving up a 21-point second-half lead to a team, let's be frank, that should have never been capable of coming back for 21 from 21 points down against anybody. Not just the Cavs, the best team in the East, but the, this Celtics team should not have been capable of coming back against anybody. Props to Brad Stevens. Props if you're a Celtics fan because this is what you want to see, a team that doesn't quit, a team that puts together a game plan, capable of going on the road and winning in Cleveland. What do we think about this? What are our takeaways? I'm going to open up the phone lines. Is it fair to ask the question, is this an NBA Illuminati type situation where Adam Silver gets on the phone and orders the code red, says, man, we cannot have a nine-day deficit, nine-day wait between this and the start of the NBA Finals? Did LeBron's performance seem suspicious? Did the Cavs' performance seem suspicious? 18-1, to 1, this game paid on the money line if you took the Boston Celtics to win outright. That is, if you put down a dollar, you won 18 back. Biggest upset in the NBA playoffs in 20 years. Everything about this game, and I watched it, felt fishy. I thought that the Cavs had them put away when they got up 20. But to be honest with you, never assumed in any respect that the Celtics could come back in this one. What about LeBron's performance? If you want to go, again, Skip Bayless, is this a performance that Michael Jordan would have allowed from a Chicago Bulls team? When you got somebody down, like the Cavs had this year's Celtics down. Suddenly they don't have Isaiah Thomas, their best player. You are a 17-point favorite, which is one of the biggest lines in the NBA playoffs in years. You get up by 20 points and you blow it as King James disappears. 
Is it fair to ask the question, anyway, Michael Jordan loses this game? Skip Bayless will be asking it for three hours. We're asking it early. We're playing the MJ versus LeBron card early in the morning here. That's how you become a multimillionaire. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I am down for the next two weeks in Florida. Outstanding setup here in uh, in one of the best beaches in America down in the Destin, Panama City Beach area, if you're familiar with there. And uh, I was up late last night watching this game. I was also up over the weekend watching the Nashville Predators get a big win, watched a little bit of the Penguins win over the Senators. Looks like we may have a Nashville against Pittsburgh NHL final. Those games have been a lot more scintillating on average than the NBA playoffs for sure. But let's start with this question. Let's go around the horn. Did this seem as fishy to you guys in terms of the outcome? Cavs up 21 points. You definitely don't want a nine-day gap between the end of the Eastern and Western Conference Finals and the start of the NBA Finals. And then out of nowhere, LeBron has a crappy game, and we end up with at least a five-game series here, which will take these games into Thursday night. Friday, you'll be able to come back in like we will and talk about the NBA Eastern Conference Finals all week long. And then you get into the weekend, and it doesn't seem like there's as many days waiting because, again, the NBA Finals aren't scheduled to begin until Thursday, June 1. Not a lot of suspense out there. I don't think anybody who's listening right now actually believes that the Cavs are going to be able to lose this series, but this at least extends it to five. Is it fair to ask, again, with everybody out there being able to cash on 18-to-1 money lines, that means if you bet $100, you won $1,800. That means if you bet $1,000, you won $18,000. One of the biggest upsets in the last 20 years in the NBA. Is it fair to ask, man, is this the NBA Illuminati? Was this a fishy outcome, Jason Martin? I mean, that's the first thing that came to my mind was, man, if I was a conspiracy theorist, boy, is there, you know, some smoke behind this fire. But there's, you know, it's not unfair, I suppose, to mention it because of how egregious it was and because of the Vegas line and because of how dominant they'd been and because there was no Isaiah Thomas. And you can go on and on and on and on. What this reminded me of there were times, and this was historically bad for LeBron, so I'm going to make compare. I'm going to make a comparison here, but technically, what he did last night, there were numerous things in the record books. 11 points is fewest in 107 career home playoff games, just among them. But there were times early in his run with the Miami Heat, and late in his first go around with the Cleveland Cavaliers, where LeBron James would get really awkwardly passive, and didn't seem nearly as engaged as he needed to be seemed to be sort of subservient to other people. He was so interested in getting other people involved that he never got himself involved. He would pass away game-winning shots. That was one of the critiques before he won his ring is why would he sort of disappear from time to time or for stretches in big games during the playoffs when we know if he goes north and south with the basketball in his hand, nobody's going to stand in front of him and stop him from getting to the rim. And we saw some of that last night. And it was awfully strange. But there were some other weird things about this game just in terms of Marcus Smart going for 27 points, 7 of 10 from 3 for Marcus Smart. Avery Bradley gives you 20. You got five Celtics, actually six Celtics in double figures last night, including Jarebko 
of all people. Like there were just there were a lot of things that just look. The Celtics started making shots, and I heard Charles Barkley say that the Cavs flat out didn't respect them. That they know they're going to win the series, and that once they got up, they took their foot off the gas. And LeBron even said that that he saw his team taking his foot off the gas, and then they didn't do anything to stop it. So yes. Like to have that discussion today, I don't think this is the only place that it's going to be heard. I don't think that there are going to be a lot of people that are going to actually buy into the conspiracy. I don't, but it certainly was made for a movie, although it just reeked more of one of those LeBron performances that is sort of inexplicable that we just haven't seen over the last few years. Danny G and uh, Robert back in the studio there in L.A., does this make you feel, again, the NBA at times can feel like the WWE. And it seems like when they need a storyline, they get a storyline. Doesn't this feel like the NBA meets the WWE all over again? I think Robert agrees with me. It didn't feel like that to us. It felt like the Cavs doing what they did most of March, which was just being lazy. And and think about it. No Isaiah Thomas. They're still up by, what, 16 at at half. And they go on cruise control and it just seemed like the Cavs of March, that's all. And this is why I argued with you a little bit last week, Clay, when I told you this is why the games had to be played because you couldn't just fast-forward this series and, you know, get the uh, Cavs into the finals like that. I think the only reason this series has to be played in terms of interest level is, in, in, all, in all honesty, just because there could be an injury happen. I mean, that might sound unfair, but... That that's the only like I was watching last night's game thinking what happens if I know LeBron James appears to be indestructible but what happens if LeBron James comes down on somebody's ankle like Kawhi Leonard did and then he gets injured and he's not able to play in the first couple of games of the NBA finals now with all of the different amount of days off you would think everybody could get healthy barring a significant injury but there's just no reason to play this series I think if you're going to argue I think your argument is is a good one. I mean, I think Jason Martin's argument is a good one. This is what the Cavs did all during the regular season. This is why you didn't necessarily believe in them. This is how they blew a 26-point, I think it was, lead against the Atlanta Hawks, right? This is what happened. I think they had a fourth-quarter 26-point lead or close to it. They had a 21-point second-half lead. And to me, this is a, a, a tough one to explain away. It was pretty atrocious. Don't you think Cavs they would have been two for sixteen for three in the entire second half? Clay, don't you think they would have been more locked in and focused had Isaiah Thomas been in the lineup? Maybe a little bit. I don't know that it mattered because he was in the lineup when they won by over forty in the Garden. I mean, neither one of those first right, two but games, that's but my, in particular the second one. That's my point, though, is that it seems like when the other team they're facing is firing on all cylinders, then they hit their switch. But when the other team has some kind of some kind of big adversity, that's when they cruise and they get kind of lazy and passive. I'll be I'll be interested to see what they do in Game Four. Do they come back and win by thirty and just kind of put the Celtics to rest? Or is that game competitive for a little while when we play it on Tuesday night? Tomorrow night, what do the Cavs do? Do they Are they able to kind of reclaim their uh, their first gear? Or does this game throw them a little bit askew? And is game four more competitive than it should be? And also, what happens in game five? Because that's the one where I think, again, I don't think anybody out there believes that the Cavs are capable of losing this series to the Celtics. But I do wonder what happens in game four and five. Do they close them out now? In which case, this game becomes a blip on the radar and almost nobody even remembers it 
by the time the NBA Finals start. Because, again, the Cavs would have still had a great record of 12-1 and rolling through the playoffs. Or do they find a way to lose one of those games, particularly Game 5 back on the road in Boston Garden? And if so, then they have to come back home, play again on a uh, Saturday, right? I think it's a Saturday. And then it's you start to ask the question, you know, what exactly is going on here? I think those are those are fair perspectives to get into. And again, I'm going to play my Skip Bayless card. I just the the Michael Jordan against LeBron James talk is going to continue ad infinitum. And I'm not the guy who comes in after every game that LeBron James plays and immediately compares him to Michael Jordan. But having watched every significant game that LeBron James has ever played and every significant game that Michael Jordan has ever played. I've got him at 1A and 1B as the two greatest basketball players of all time. I know that's unsatisfying to say basically they're even 1A, 1B in my mind. But this is not, Jordan doesn't do this, right? Jordan doesn't show up in game three as a 17 point favorite and disappear. He doesn't score 11 points and have the same number of assists as he does turnovers. He doesn't vanish and go four of 13 from the field like LeBron James did in game three. This is the first time that LeBron James has looked like a 32-year-old basketball player in the NBA playoffs. Maybe that's because LeBron has been fortunate to get a ton of rest between games and he can go full-fledged without having, you know, I mean, the number of games they've played in the playoffs has been minuscule. That's one reason I think probably if you're talking about coming up against the Warriors next, assuming the Warriors close out the Spurs, they're going to be insanely well-rested. No way that Michael Jordan posts 11 games like this, 11 points like this, in game three as a 17-point favorite. No way Michael Jordan allows his team at home to win, to lose this game, the biggest upset in 20 years in the NBA. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Uh, we are talking about the biggest upset in the NBA playoffs in 20 years, LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers fishy game if you are of the belief that the NBA Illuminati comes out and makes a decision Adam Silver says we're not going to have a nine game layoff LeBron James out of nowhere has an atrocious game he looks like a 32 year old basketball player they for the first time this entire playoffs the Cavs give up a 21 point second half lead LeBron disappears only posts 11 points does not score for the final 16 minutes of this game how is that possible you might ask I have no idea but LeBron James posts one of his worst games ever. And as part of that, I'm asking the question, and some of you may think it's unfair. In fact, some of you do, because you're hopping on Twitter, asking all sorts of questions. I can't believe you're talking about this. I can't believe you're hinting about this. And I'm not a guy who buries my head in the sand. It was asked by DeMar DeRozan last year. Bill Simmons talked about it on his podcast. NBA players, by and large, aren't getting popped for performance-enhancing drugs. LeBron James, six foot eight, 260 pounds. He's Carl Malone, except he also seems to run like Allen Iverson. How is that possible from a physical perspective? How can LeBron James be getting better at the age of 32? If this sounds like an eerily similar question, it's because it's one that we asked about baseball players. Before the steroids era blew up in baseball, everybody was saying, man, I've watched baseball for a long time. I don't understand how Roger Clemens suddenly in his upper 30s can regain his his total ability to throw the baseball with the velocity that he does. I don't understand how Mark McGuire suddenly is going to hit 70 home runs. Where did Sammy Sosa come from? 
How did Barry Bonds go from a guy who was a good player to a great one? How did he suddenly have a 70 home run season in his upper 30s? Those are questions that a lot of people started to ask of baseball players. Never really had him asked about basketball players. But I'm asking it for LeBron James. 32 years old, he's coming off a bad game. But this is something that I think a lot of people have asked over the years. Is it fair to ask the question, is LeBron James 100% legit? Is his physical ability being supplemented in some way along with maybe a lot of other NBA guys? I said this before. If I had the opportunity to increase my performance by 30%, let's just say, or extend my career in radio and writing, I'd probably take a pill. I'll be honest with you. I bet a lot of you out there listening right now, I don't necessarily see it as a moral issue. I think that basically every sprinter is cheating. If Lance Armstrong will be doping like crazy, I mean, the, the, the man was like a chemist with blood thinners and everything else they were doing. Athletes are smart enough to know how to get competitive edges. I don't believe that James Harrison in the NFL has suddenly gone from disappearing for several years in his 30s to suddenly re-emerging and nobody can block him. Guy beats a block, was in the two-point conversion, gets a, a, a penalty called, basically wins the Steelers a playoff game against the Chiefs. I don't. I know he had a video out over the weekend where he's exercising his hips, working on his hips, and the amount of weight that he had on that bar, I just don't believe that's possible. I think that human performance, we've reached basically the peak of it, and then we've gone beyond, and that's because of drugs. I don't necessarily think that's a bad idea, but I definitely think LeBron James is not 100% clean. I think a lot of guys in the NBA are not 100% clean, and I'm asking the question that everybody said, how come nobody asked this question when baseball was going on? Everybody's setting records in baseball. LeBron James has been in the league since he was 18. He's never been hurt. Suddenly, he's more physical. Did you see the block that he had in game two? Suddenly, he's more physically able to do things than ever before. I'm just asking the question. We didn't ask it in baseball, and everybody, after, after the baseball steroids era blew up, everybody said, why weren't people asking this question? I'm asking it. What do you think? You got some good quotes here uh, from NBA players. I feel like this has been under the radar for a while. What did you pull up, uh, Jason Martin? Back in 2011, Derrick Rose, there, this is sort of a famous deal where ESPN, uh, ESPN Magazine asked him if PED uses on a scale of 1 to 10 were 1 equals what are PEDs and 10 equals everybody's juicing, how big of an issue is illegal enhancing in your sport? And Rose reportedly said, and it was written in this article, seven. It's huge, and I think we need a level playing field where nobody has that advantage over the next person. Now, this is back in 2011. Since that point, he has refuted it and said that he never said it and that if this was actually an answer of his, that he misunderstood the question, which makes no sense to me at all. But this became <laughs> yeah, because kind of a big story. his response was, seven, it's huge, and yes. I think we need a level playing field where nobody has that advantage over the next person. That's, I mean, it's hard to say you misunderstood the question. I think you just spoke honestly. I'll tell you this. This is something that NBA guys, off the record, talk about all the time. I have heard guys, uh, you know, not on the air, 
They don't want to go on the air and be the guy who blows the whistle, just like guys didn't want to do it in Major League Baseball until Jose Canseco. Remember, Jose Canseco wrote the book, whatever it was called, Juiced. Wasn't it called Juiced? Yep. About all the steroid use that was going on in baseball, and everybody just kind of laughed him off. They're like, there's no way on earth this is possible. And look, I think that a lot of Jose Canseco's stuff in his book was exaggerated, but basically that was the book that kind of blew the lid off of ped use in baseball. And from that point in time, everything kind of fell apart. And now baseball has obviously gotten aggressive and they have severe penalties for guys who use PEDs. I think it's crazy that you would say, oh, baseball guys are willing to do it. And I think people just don't care about football because I think people think of football players as gladiators. And you see those guys and you're like, there's no way they could be that big, that strong, that fast and not be using PEDs. Basketball players, I think, are using them like crazy. And I think LeBron is leading, leading the way. That's my personal belief. Now, you can say, oh, that's crazy. It's not. You can even say it's not fair. You can say it's not fair to ask that question of NBA players. I'm saying if baseball players, baseball, I think it's fair to say, and by the way, I think they use them in hockey too. If it's fair to say baseball is, of our four major sports, the one where physicality matters the least, right? There are a lot of baseball players you see and you think, man, that guy's not a great athlete. What's remarkable to me about the baseball baseball steroids era is how much difference it made for great players. Like Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds is going to be a Hall of Famer if he hadn't done it. A-Rod's going to be a Hall of Famer if he hadn't done it. Yet it became so endemic in the sport that everybody felt like they had to do it to keep up. And the level of play, that it, the difference that it made. Again, I'm asking you right now, no matter what you do for a living, if you knew that you could become 50% better if you took a pill or you gave yourself a shot in the ass, how many of you would actually not do that? I mean, honestly, doesn't matter what you do for a living. You're a roofer. You're a surgeon. You're an attorney. Let's use attorney, for example. I practiced law full-time before I ended up doing this. If you told me that I was about to go and argue before the Supreme Court and that if I got a needle and I shot myself in the ass, I'd be 50% better in that oral argument before the Supreme Court, I'm bending over and shooting myself in the ass with a needle. That's true. That's just me being honest. That's the biggest stage of my career if I were an attorney. And if you told me that that I could use legal PEDs, I don't mean legal in the sense that they're not illegal. I mean legal PEDs in that they're going to make me a 50% better attorney than I otherwise would be before my biggest career moment as an attorney, I'd take a shot in the ass. I, I think a lot of you listening out there would do the same. I don't think there's any doubt. Again, LeBron James at 32, physically, the block that he had in game two against the Celtics. Did you see that block? That's not the block of a man that is 32 years old. Not that we've ever seen in the history of the NBA before. There have been guys that can prolong their careers, but they're not physical specimens like LeBron. Ray Allen. Had Ray Allen on this show. Ray Allen's a shooter. It doesn't necessarily stun me that he could still be a really good shooter at 38 or 39. Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk Nowitzki is going to be whatever he is, 39 years old. I'm not sure that he can dunk. <laughs> still, right? Most of these guys have slowed down. Dirk has that awkward kick, fadeaway shot that he pulls off. That's what you expect old guy in the NBA to look like. You expect LeBron to look like he did a little bit last night. 
Maybe he needs to make another trip to Miami, take two weeks off, come back and be superhuman. That's what Bill Simmons wrote about. I'm going to open up your phone line. I want to get your opinions on this. Is this a fair question to ask? Danny G and Robert, go back to L.A. Is this a fair question to ask? I mean, you can't say that people haven't thought about it with LeBron James. But I'm, not, I'm, I'm going beyond that. I'm saying yeah. that guys who were in the NBA or recently have left the NBA, this is a locker room conversation that they have all the time. Now, they won't go out and say it, just like Derrick Rose said it, and then he's like, oh, no, no, I misunderstood the question. Really? Really, Derrick Rose? When you said, and I quote, directly in response to Ped use in the NBA, Seven, it's huge, and I think we need a level playing field where nobody has that advantage over the next person. Way back in 2011, six years ago, I think it's a huge, and, and then you say you misspoke. Really? <laughs> the question was, if one equals what are PEDS and 10 equals everybody's juicing, how big of an issue is illegal enhancing in your sport? Derek Rose said, seven, it's huge, and I think we need a level playing field where nobody has the advantage over the next person. Then he said, oh, you know what? I misunderstood the question. Sounds a little bit like Jose Canseco. Except nobody wants to be the narc. Nobody wants to be the guy who goes public and says, you know what? I just don't think LeBron James at 32 is capable of doing what he does now without using performance-enhancing drugs. I think that's true. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. It's time for the animal Thunderdome. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. This is Animal Thunderdome. We have two stories that I am aware of. You guys continue to inundate me with Animal Thunderdome news. This story, unbelievable. You would think that a sea lion is a pretty cuddly animal that you wouldn't have too much to worry about. Where was this from? I don't even know where this was from. But sea lions done gone sea lion on this poor little girl. Do we have audio of this? I'm not sure how much of this you can hear. But basically, I'm setting the scene here. There's a family at a pier, and everything seems to be going great. Like, you see the sea lions, it's all great. You know, go to San Francisco, drive down the coast of California. Oh, look at the fat sea lion. It's so happy-go-lucky. Sea lions never hurt anybody, except when the sea lion went, unfortunately, a little bit awry. Here's what it sounded like early on. Everybody's having fun feeding the sea lion, and then it goes bad. Oh, right. Are you all right? I think there's a Japanese family visiting America. And I don't know what they were saying, but I think a lot of it had to be curse words. There's a little girl sitting on the pier. And you need to watch this video. You can go find it at Clay Travis if you want to see that video. Little girl sitting on a pier and a sea lion just jumps up, grabs her and drags her into the water. And then another dude jumps in. He's got full pants on everything else saves the little girl i don't know the sea lion was what he was going to do with her but anyway the guy immediately jumped in and he saved him you guys have all seen this video jason martin your thoughts on the sea lion hero the hero oh you, the, you not the sea lion the sea the hero. Not a hero 
The the, no, no, terrifying. the sea lion hero means the hero who jumped in to save the girl from the sea lion. All right, well, you said the sea lion hero, and I'm like, I think we've gone off the deep end here. No, no I'm not rooting for the, the animal. Sea lion. I'm not rooting for the animal to have killed the little girl. I'm talking about the Asian dude who jumped in in full pants and just went Bruce Lee yeah. on the sea lion and saved uh, the girl. All right, fair enough. Now, How well do whole- you know me to think that I'm rooting for the sea lion to kill a little girl? Clay, you're kind of a degenerate. So I, I'm not. I totally didn't have sure. sea lion. I didn't have sea lion plus thir- uh, You know, I didn't have sea lion eighteen <laughs> to one. He had the line last night on the sea lion, but the, the I took video, sea lion killing the little girl, and I was just rooting for it to finally come, come happen. And every year, it doesn't happen. If you watch the entire video, it's about two and a half minutes, and you see like for two minutes they're cutting up and laughing and they're having a good old time, and then she sits here on the edge here. And then the sea lion, and the sea lion's got no chill either. Like, it doesn't roll up and nudge her off. It snatches her as if it's an alligator. But, guys, I didn't is, know sea lions even did this kind of thing. Jason, this is because they were feeding it, though. Did you notice that? Yeah, well, the, they were hand-feeding feeding it. That seems like a bad move. Right, and the sea lion looked frustrated like it wanted more food. This girl suddenly sits up on the edge of the pier and her back is to the sea lion so i don't know if the sea lion thought that they put a big bag of bread down or something but the sea lion also looked surprised when it suddenly had a 60 pound girl pulled into the water so all i'm saying is that her butt does not look like a hand and this sea lion grabbed it like it was full of bread spoken like a a man who hasn't (laughs) had sex in six years if anybody would think a butt looked like a hand it would be you i said it didn't Uh, look like a hand do you have to kill this sea lion uh, I don't know. I mean, it 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 certainly was an ornery sea lion. I don't know enough about sea lions to know if this is different. Well, you behavior. can't kill it. It's not the sea lion's fault. It's not like at a, a you know a petting zoo. It, no, it's I in think the you wild. have to kill. The, uh, yeah, they kill alligators in the wild when well, they bite Harambe, people too. Right, got but, the axe. But what I'm saying is, they started it by you know feeding it and everything. I think had they not done that, this sea lion wouldn't have just gone up and attacked a little girl I, on so its own. I think you have to kill the sea lion. Sea lion no, grabs a little girl. You but, have to kill it. But see, it's now, a pretty, you, now you risk guys because there's so many sea lions that they're going to kill the wrong one. You're going to have his whole crew running up on you. <laughs> now, the problem with the weeks. sea lion, the sea lion. You know, we've been talking about LeBron James on this show. That's a pretty athletic move by that sea lion. Like the sea lion looks old. But that was that was you that think, was a block right there pulling her you down. Think that, you think the sea lions on peds too? It's possible. I don't think peds is a thing. <laughs> Peds the, for the sea lion. It's very very possible that it needs to be tested. It could be some blood doping going on. I didn't expect the sea lion to be able to come out that way and snatch with that level of ferocity. That's something you wouldn't expect from a mature sea lion. Where was this? Do we know? Yeah, it was in British Columbia in Canada. Oh, ca- Canadian sea lion. Yes. Canadian sea lions are more athletic than California sea lions. I think it's been established for a long time. More great whites off the more great whites off the coast. They have to fight harder to, to get their food. Here's the deal. Around the horn, I think it, I think that Canadian authorities have to kill this sea lion. I, I vote yes. Jason Martin, kill the sea lion. You can't kill the sea lion. No, for wrong. This. It didn't wrong. try to kill her. Danny G. How do you know? I mean, that's a good question, <laughs> but I didn't see it like swat. If it had pulled her with the, it pulled her so fast. If it had wanted to do damage, it would have. I think it took it, her into the water, realized there was new food, and it was like, oh, I have screwed up now, and then probably it, let her go and got out of there. If a sea lion pulls a kid into the water, it has to be killed. 
I don't think it knew what it was pulling off that ledge of the pier, Clay. And she shouldn't have been sitting that close to the water anyway. Look at Robert blaming the girl. Yes, <laughs> and her family. This, this, is, a this is victim girl. blaming. This is victim blaming. This is victim shaming. The poor six-year-old girl is sitting there. The sea lion has to be killed, and I think they should mount the sea lion's head in that six-year-old girl's uh, bedroom just to make yeah, sure she man. knows she's safe. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure she'd sleep well. <laughs> Gotta kill the sea lion. Other no. news. More Animal Thunderdome news. A South African big game hunter has died after being crushed by an elephant that was shot by a member of his group. This is a weird name. Theunis? V-U-N-I-S. Theunis Botha, 51, died on Friday afternoon after a member of his group fired at a storming elephant cow. Is an elephant cow just a female elephant? That's not a different type of elephant, right? I'll have to look that up. I think a female elephant is called a cow. And it's fired at a storming elephant cow, and the animal fell on him during a hunt in Gwai in Zimbabwe. What I'm learning about Animal Thunderdome is I effing do not want to go to Zimbabwe because people are just getting killed left and right by animals every time we see things happen in Zimbabwe. I, I don't know how anybody's still alive in Zimbabwe. This man had been leading a group of hunters on a walk allegedly on a ranch known as ironically enough the good luck farm when they came across a breeding herd of elephants and that's a hell of a segue three of the elephant cows charged the hunters i guess upset to be have their sexual intercourse uh, interrupted mr boat the fired a shot from his rifle but he was caught by surprise by a fourth cow that stormed him from the side he was a well-known hunter in Zimbabwe, and uh, following the announcement of his death, a number of tributes were paid on Facebook. They said, it was a pleasure to have got to know Theunis. He was a great man with a fantastic sense of humor. We're really going to miss him in our time and stories around the, uh, the, the campfire. Also, a legend has fallen, but will never be forgotten. He didn't actually fall. He got crushed. Uh, it's with sad heart that we say goodbye to you, Theunis Botha. Well, that's a tough break. I don't know we're getting crushed by an uh, elephant ranks in ways to be killed, but this is not good. This has been the Animal Thunderdome. And by the way, if this sea lion's still alive in British Columbia, up in Canada, I don't think I can go to Canada. Got to get that sea lion. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, Visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.